Welcome to episode 209 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is the first 40 miles. Today on the first 40 miles, Have you ever given much thought to the names that companies give gear? The name of your pack or your tent isn't just some random name they pulled out of a hat. Next, today's top five list is a whole pile of hacks that I tested on my recent backpacking trip. Then a little SteriPen that is a backpacker's dream. And a quick hack that has been used on every single one of our backpacking trips. All this... And that's actually not quite about it. We have something else that we want to talk about today on the first 40 miles. Before we jump into today's episode, we wanted to let our audience know that we'll be wrapping up the first 40 miles in December. And that was really hard to say without crying. I think we've shared the information that we need to share We've made some really wonderful connections through the first 40 miles with our wonderful audience, and we felt like now was the right time to wrap things up. So Heather has planned for the final episode of the first 40 miles to come out on the four-year anniversary of the first five episodes that we published in December 2014. You know, when a show comes to an end, like a TV show or a podcast or a YouTube channel or whatever it is... It's sad for the producers, it's sad for the audience, and it's always a shock for everyone. Like, what? How could they end? Because you feel connected. Like, Josh and I feel more connected through doing this podcast. We feel connected to our audience. And of course, our audience, our first 40 milers, feel connected to us. So it feels like all these connections are kind of coming to an end. Of course, Josh and I get to hang out forever. (laughs) We're always connected. But... It's really, it's, it was a really difficult decision to make, but it felt right. And it's something I thought about for a long time. So if you want to share your feelings about us wrapping up the podcast, feel free to take it to Facebook or connect with us on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. You can even go to the first40miles.com slash story and connect with us there. Uh, but like Josh said, we will be wrapping up in December on the four-year anniversary of the first 40 miles first episodes. Should we jump into today's episode? Yeah, that was hard. (laughs) So how do we switch gears now? I don't know. Should we do it backpacker style? Just rip off the band-aid? Okay, go for it. All right. Well, today we wanted to talk about names that gear companies give to gear. In fact, if you look at pack names, those are the most interesting of all. There's the REI Trail, the REI Traverse, the Gregory Wander, the Deuter Climber. These names are meant to inspire you to get outside. The ones that I just listed are pretty obvious, you know, Trail, Traverse, Wander, Climber. But there are some other names that are a little more obscure, like the Osprey Kestrel. Well, first of all, let's look at the word Osprey. Do you know what an Osprey is? It's a raptor, a bird that's a raptor, so a bird of prey. And do you know what a kestrel is? 
A kestrel is a small falcon that hovers with rapidly beating wings while searching for prey on the ground. Wow. Yes. Thanks for that definition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so also a raptor. Yeah, and this is one of their packs, the osprey kestrel. Well, how about the Kelty sanitas? This is the kids' pack. I found out that sanitas is a Latin word that means health or soundness of body. It's a great name for a pack. Okay, how about this one, the osprey tarn? A tarn is another name for a mountain, lake, or pool formed in a cirque excavated by a glacier. A moraine may form a natural dam below a tarn. I can picture it exactly in my mind. We see many small lakes that I guess I can call tarns now right. uh, because they are in a little kind of bowl that had been carved out by a glacier. And what's cool about them is that they seem to be perched on the top of the world because as you look off the edge, like the downslope edge of that lake, it just drops off into nothingness. You just see the horizon or, or blue sky behind it. It's just perched right on the edge of a mountainside. Granite Gear has a pack called the Lutzen, named after Frank Lutzen. Now, actually, there's some Lutzen Mountains. It's a ski area in the north-central United States. It's alpine skiing in Minnesota. So I'm guessing it's named after that. It could be actually named after Frank Lutzen. Who's that? I don't know. I just made oh, him up. Oh, he just made him up. Okay. Although, if your name is Frank Lutzen... <laughs> then guess what? You have something named after you. <gasps> so exciting. And then Gregory has a pack called the Baltoro found out that there was a Baltoro Glacier in Pakistan. Oh, I always wondered where that name came from. Yeah, it just sounds like a really cool name, like they made it up. Like it's a mix of like Baltic and Zorro. So it's like the Baltoro. <laughs> it's just inspiring. <laughs> Makes you want to go take an adventure. Yeah. And then there's the Arcteryx Bora. Bora is a meteorological term that is a violent, dry, cold wind blowing from the north or northeast. Very specific. Burr. Yeah. Kind of matches Arcteryx, which kind of reminds me of the Arctic. Right. Although, isn't the Arcteryx some kind of a bird or something? Oh, wow. I actually didn't even look that up. Well, let me check just to be sure. Yeah, here it is. The name and logo, this is from Wikipedia, the name and logo of Arcteryx refer to the Archaeopteryx, which is one of the earliest known birds. Wow. Well, thanks for looking that up. I had no idea. And then the last example that I have is the North Face Prophet, which is an 85 liter pack. I thought that was interesting because if you think about prophets from the Old Testament, they're always going to the top of mountains. So I thought that was a really great name for a pack, especially an 85-liter pack. So I love that these gear companies have put so much thought into naming their packs and their tents. And I mean, even socks and shoes have these really interesting names that if you just do a little bit of research, you might find some really cool meteorological term or geological term that will help you get to know the natural world better. For today's top five list, we're doing the top five hacks that I used on my most recent backpacking trip. These are five new hacks that I've never shared before, but that I tested out when we were on the Pacific Crest Trail for our week-long hike this summer. And for me, every hike is an experiment. I love testing out new ideas and just seeing what works. And if it's a fail, that's fine. I just don't do it again. I usually try and uh, document my fails. But when it's a win, 
then I love sharing it with the first 40 miles audience. So here are the five hacks that I tested out on our last backpacking trip. And we're going to start out with a weird one because it worked. It was great and it was effective and it solved a problem that I always have on the trail. So let me explain the problem first and then I'll explain the hack that I used to solve this problem. So women are built differently than men and when we use the bathroom on the trail, sometimes things splatter. But you know, I was paying attention to this recently. For men, it does splatter too. The difference is it splatters three feet away from us and who cares? Yeah, and for women, it splatters by your ankles. Yeah. It's just gross to have to shake off the bottom of your pants so that you don't have wet pants the rest of the hike. So there are a couple ways to solve this problem. Obviously, there are stand-to-pee devices that many, many women use while hiking. It just makes it so convenient, so great. You just use the stand-to-pee device, and it will shoot the liquid off three feet away from you. However, if you don't have a stand-to-pee device, but you happen to bring some paper, or um, I always bring 3x5 cards or a journal with me on my trip, you can use a 3x5 card or some paper as a pee shield. So what you do is you just hold it down in front of you so your pee hits the paper or the 3x5 card and doesn't end up covering your ankles with splattered pee. And once you use this little paper as a pee shield, you can just put it in your cat hole and it will decompose. And when I came up with this idea, I was really proud of myself <laughs> because because this was a real problem that I was experiencing multiple times a day where I would just be like, ah, then have to shake off the bottom of my leg because it was all splattered. So hopefully that's not TMI. Hopefully it's just enough information. The number two backpack hack that I used on my most recent backpacking trip was to bring a small container of Vicks VapoRub. I used it to smooth out my cracked skin, like on my feet, and make sure they were nice and soft. I used it on my lips. You can also use it if you are having dry eyes. You don't put it in your eyes, but what you do is you put it underneath your eyes and it will make your eyes water. This is also great if you have like dust or debris in your eye and you just need kind of to flush it out, but you don't want to irrigate your eye with stream water. So you just put a little bit of Vicks underneath your eye and you you will start crying. It's kind of cool that menthol does that. You can also use Vicks VapoRub as an antifungal. If you've ever experienced fungal infections on the trail, sometimes moisture can make fungus go crazy. So you can use it on your feet, uh, in your belly button, wherever, whatever fungal issues you have on the trail, Vicks VapoRub can help with that. You can also put some underneath your nose and it will mask any bad odors. And there are all sorts of fun, interesting odors that you will experience on the trail if you're out for more than two or three days. I actually learned that hack from a firefighter. Um, we lived in an apartment back when we lived in New York and I got a knock on the door one morning and it was a firefighter and he said, hi, do you have any Vicks VapoRub? just seemed like the most random question. Like we hadn't called the fire department or anything. Here's this firefighter asking me if I had Vicks VapoRub. Uh, and I didn't have any at that time, but I was like, um, well, that's a really odd request. Why do you need it? And he said, this is a true story. The lady upstairs passed away maybe a week ago. 
and we need something to put underneath our noses to mask the odor. Sad, but really interesting, then it works. It just has that really strong menthol, camphor, uh, eucalyptus smell that's fresh, cooling, and helps mask odors. Now, another use for Vicks that I just found out about, but I haven't tested it myself, I've heard that it can be a bug repellent. Hmm. That because of the eucalyptus in it, it has the power to repel bugs. So I would love to hear if anyone has actually tried it, because if it does repel bugs, that means that this little container of Vicks VapoRub that you bring on the trail has so many uses that you can't not bring it on the trail. It's it's a ten essential. The number three hack that I used on my most recent backpacking trip was a last minute hack, and that was I brought my yoga pants instead of hiking pants. And I guess this hack is mostly for the ladies because I don't know any guys that own yoga pants. I think everyone should own a pair of yoga pants because they're so comfortable and you can move in them. Not the tight, tight yoga pants, but the ones that allow movement. And that's what you need when you're hiking on the trail. Something that will allow your body to move and stretch and squat and do all those human movements. The only downside is most yoga pants don't have pockets. So I just had to find places for my gear in my pack and kind of be more organized in my pack instead of shoving everything into my pockets. The number four backpack hack that I used on my most recent backpacking trip is loading old time radio shows onto my mp3 player. I think most of the people that remember listening to old time radio are probably dead. Back before Netflix, before the internet, before television, there was something called the radio and families would gather around the radio and listen to these shows, comedy shows, drama, variety shows. And a lot of these shows are archived on the internet. So you can download these old time radio shows onto your MP3 player and listen to them while you're hiking. So while I was hiking, I listened to My Friend Irma, which is a comedy about these two girls that are living the dream. One of them has a few screws loose. She's not so smart. Comedy gold and so, so cute. Another one that I enjoy is I Was a Communist for the FBI, which is a drama. It's this guy who's busting people for being communists back in the day. And then another one that I really enjoy is the Jack Benny program, which is a variety show. But there are hundreds and hundreds of these old time radio shows that you can download on your MP3 player and listen to on the trail. And it makes your trail time so much fun. I mean, of course, there's beauty around you to look at. But having one of these shows to listen to is just like a movie for your mind is what it is. A way to engage your imagination. And I found a really great site for downloading old time radio shows. It is otrrlibrary.org. And it's a collection of literally thousands of old time radio shows. And we'll have the link in today's show notes at the first 40 miles.com slash 209. And the number five hack that I used on my most recent backpacking trip was a little bit counterintuitive, but it worked and it really helped my shoulders relax. So what I did several times each day was I would just remove a shoulder strap off my shoulder 
and leave all the weight of the pack on my other shoulder. So it shifted the load, shifted my gait a little bit, but it took the load completely off my other shoulder. So it helped me to reduce fatigue and just change things up for me a little bit. So sometimes after eight hours of hiking, or more. You just kind of feel like you need a break, but you know you can't stop because you still have more miles to go. So removing a shoulder strap, just taking it off, not removing it from the pack, but just taking it off your shoulder, uh, that really helped me to get some relief and then, you know, switch it back and forth for a while just to kind of give my shoulders a break when I knew that I couldn't stop and take off my pack. You know, and there was one more that I was going to add to that list, but that would make it a top six list. But I feel like I need to add it in now because it was something that I really loved from our last backpacking trip. And that was, I actually took a um, a travel makeup bag, you know, that the ones that actually fold out, they open up and you can hang it because it has a little coat hanger thing on it. You can hang it on the back of a bathroom door or something. And I put all of my little stuff in there. So I had a pocket for all of my 10 essential stuff. And then I filled up the other little pockets with other secondary essentials. Then I had a little pouch for my paper and pen and And I brought some other stuff like games that I slid in there because they were nice and small. So that hack worked really well for me. It was just something I picked up at a thrift store, but it's not something you would pick up at an outdoor store. It's something that you would pick up at Walgreens or Walmart in the cosmetics section. So anyway, all of these hacks I tried and tested on our last backpacking trip and they made a difference. I really enjoyed testing these out and uh, hopefully you can benefit from them too. This collection of hacks is really personalized. Like there's two or three on here that don't even apply to me at all. (laughs) Um, Like each of these hacks is something that was really pretty specific to you. And of course, for each of those hacks, there will be listeners who it's specific for them too. It fits them as well. And I guess that's the nature of backpacking hacks. It's things that we discover that are very personalized to ourselves in many cases. Some little thing that just fits perfectly with the way you do what you do or the way you live or who you are. Um, that's, that's what hacks are about, finding those little ways to make something fit just right for you personally. Oh, definitely. With hacks, necessity is the mother of invention. If there's something, a need that you have that's not being filled, there's a hack out there for it. For today's Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing the Steripen Ultra Light UV Water Purifier. Steripen is the only brand we know of that makes this form of water purification, which is that it uses UV light to kill the bad stuff in your water, rather than using a filter process where it captures that bad stuff as you push the water through the filter. It seems like there would have to be someone else out there trying to do UV water purification for backpackers. But nope, SteriPen is it, as far as we know. And it's really kind of magical. We reviewed the SteriPen Freedom in episode 52. Uh, That was three years ago in November 2015. The SteriPen Freedom was great, but it had a couple features that we actually didn't like. And uh, we'll talk about those in the trial today. The SteriPen Ultralight improves on the SteriPen Freedom, and and just, I think it it dials in exactly what we were looking for. So for structure, the SteriPen Ultralight Water Purifier is kind of a wand. It has this uh, light bar that sticks out of it, and when you stick it into the water, it automatically senses that it's in water, and it lights up 
that light, almost like a black light, because it's a UV radiation that's coming out of it. It sterilizes one liter at a time. So you stick it in the water, you swish it around for 90 seconds. When the 90 seconds is up, it turns off and it lets you know that it's done and you've purified one liter of water. For mass, it weighs about three ounces, which makes it really one of the lightest water purification options out there. And for maintenance, we love the fact that it's rechargeable through a micro USB port. So using cables that you already have, and especially if you bring a backup battery or a solar charger on your trip, then it's really easy to just plug this thing in and top it off every day or two. And you know you'll always have enough power to purify that next liter of water. Yeah, and it does 20 liters per charge. And that kind of gives you an idea of if you'll even need to recharge it on the trail. You may not. When we go for a week-long family backpacking trip, we could easily be purifying 10 liters in a day for multiple members of the family. And in that case, then we're trying to recharge it and top it off every day from the solar charger. But if it's just the two of us going out on an overnighter, well, yeah, we've got plenty of capacity in here for that trip. Now, I think it's important to note that this doesn't actually filter particles out. So if that's important to you, or if you know you're going to be backpacking somewhere where the water might be a little murky, then you'll definitely want to bring a pre-filter that could be something as simple as a bandana, just to get the chunks out. Um, and that's if you don't want floaties in your water. So for investment, we're not really sure what to say because this product is, as far as we know, not quite available. There's some overlap maybe that it's gonna have with another product that's out there that's very similar. And that's the SteriPen Red Cross water purifier. So they're essentially the same product, just one has the red cross symbol on it, and this one doesn't. And I think for investment, it will be around $90. So when this episode comes out, if you still can't find the SteriPen Ultralight, then search for that SteriPen Red Cross Ultralight filter, uh, which came out maybe a couple of years ago, and basically has the same feature set, just with a different logo on the side, and you can get that one. And my prediction is this is going to be the go-to SteriPen for all backpackers. It's just the perfect combination of features. It'll be in every REI, every Cabela's, every outdoor store, because it's such a great water purifier. When we went on our first 40-mile backpacking trip four years ago, our friend Steve had a SteriPen. It was one of the older models. I think it had replaceable batteries, so you'd put in, you know, alkaline batteries. His SteriPen failed on that trip, and it was early in the week, and he was grateful that everyone else around him had water filters so that he could continue to get purified water because he lost, you know, his ability to purify water. Uh, that had us worried a little bit. Uh, SteriPen is, if you think about it, a UV water purifier is either, either it works or it doesn't. Like, there's no in-between. Water filters, on the other hand, they get clogged up over time and they get harder and harder to pump, but you kind of see it coming. Unless, of course, you leave your water filter out overnight on a freezing night and that will destroy it overnight. Right, and you won't even know it. Because you get up the next day and it pumps water just fine. Like, hey, this is nice and easy because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing filtering anything out. Uh, but the SteriPen, you know, if it stops working, it just completely stops working. And that had us worried. But when we got the SteriPen Freedom, we have literally used it for several years with no problems at all. However, there were a couple nitpicky things that bothered us about the SteriPen Freedom. 
One was that it purified a half liter of water at a time. So it would turn on for 48 seconds. And the problem is we're always purifying an entire liter. I stick it in my Nalgene bottles because they have a nice large opening that's easy to put the SteriPen into. So I would swish it around for 48 seconds and it would turn off. I would pull it out of the Nalgene bottle stick it back in, and do 48 more seconds to give it enough time to purify one liter of water. And now with the SteriPen Ultralight, I stick it in, it goes for 90 seconds. It purifies an entire liter of water in that one 90-second cycle. Yeah, and you don't have to push any buttons. There are SteriPens out there where you have to push a button to turn it on and get it started. But with this, you just put it in the water and start stirring. And the other feature annoyance that we had with the SteriPen Freedom was that it had this funky built-in flashlight. And if you twisted the SteriPen back and forth several times, it would turn the flashlight on. And then if you twist it back and forth several times again, it would turn the flashlight off. I mean, we always have headlamps or flashlights that we bring for that purpose. So we never used the SteriPen flashlight as a flashlight. And the second thing was it would sometimes inadvertently turn on. And then I'd sit there for like 15 or 20 seconds trying to get just the right twisting motion to get it to turn itself off again. I don't want to use up battery power on flashlight because I've already got a flashlight. And so I like that the SteriPen Ultralight actually removes the flashlight feature. So the SteriPen Ultralight is the perfect backpacking SteriPen. It's rechargeable and it comes in at three ounces, which makes it absolutely competitive with all the other ultralight water purification methods out there. And we'll have the link in today's show notes for the SteriPen Ultralight at thefirst40miles.com slash 209. For today's backpack hack of the week, Perma Kleenex. This is a hack that has gone with me on every single backpacking trip since the beginning of Heather's very first backpacking trip. I always bring a bandana and keep it close to me, either by tying it to my strap or tucking it into a loop on my strap somewhere on my pack because my nose is always dripping. As soon as it gets below 68 degrees, my nose starts dripping and that makes my nose all cold and I don't want to use my sleeve to wipe off my nose and I haven't really gotten into the snot rocket thing. So <laughs> I really appreciate having a uh, permanent Kleenex tied to my pack strap. And you know, while we're talking about bandanas, I just pick up my bandanas at Walmart because every Walmart that I've been to has a section where there are like 30 different colors of bandanas and you can pick up whatever color you want. And there's all these different designs. Of course, they have the classic red paisley bandanas, but there is literally a different cotton bandana for every mood that you would have on the trail. And they're all 100% cotton. So if you don't have a cotton bandana yet, go pick one up at Walmart because they really do have at least, like I said, in every Walmart that I've been to, they have a massive selection of bandanas. I don't know if it's just an Oregon thing or if really every Walmart has bandanas, but um, that's where I pick up mine. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Antoinette Brown Blackwell. She said, nature is just enough, but men and women must comprehend and accept her suggestions. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for fun backpacking books or merch, check out thefirst40miles.com slash shop. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. 